Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Carly Adair podcast. I'm your host, Carly Adair, and we are back with a solo episode. Today, I decided to get organized and divide my episode up into segments. The first segment is lesson of the week. Next is what I'm grateful for. Next is favorite pop star of the week and why. Next is product of the week. Next is what I learned about Jesus this week. Next is how I'm stepping into crypto. Next is what you should know. So like news and pop culture. And then the next is networking tip of the week. And the last but not least is life in LA update. I feel like I often talk about each of these categories every single time I do a solo episode. So I decided to just like break it down so it could be a little bit more digestible for the listener, you know? Before we get in, though, I would love for you to follow at the Carly Adair podcast on Instagram. I just hit 100 followers, so I'm feeling a little bit famous. And then also would love for you to do a little follow for at Carly Rose Adair. There's no reason why um, you're not, you know. And then last but not least, make sure you give this podcast a review. I'm so thankful that I do have listeners. It's crazy. We're almost up to like 50, which makes me feel literally great. Um, I feel so confident about my podcast these days. I've, of course, reached out to a few guests and a few, you know, podcast swaps, a few whatever for the upcoming year. Um, We'll see where that gets me. I also am planning on doing a solo episode once a week from now on. I just had a major life change and, you know, life happens, right? (laughs) I could say that and like, let's be honest, like, I don't know, but that's my goal And, um, I just have had such a wild ride getting adjusted to this job. I was in New York last week. It was amazing. And I actually recorded a podcast about my life in New York and like how that trip was, but I didn't feel comfortable with it for some, for some reason. I don't know. I just, I waver so much in how honest I want to be online. And like, I recently had an experience with somebody who was like, who I respected, who was like, I've listened to your podcast, you've come on my For You page. And obviously, like, the point of doing a podcast and being on a For You page is to be seen. Obviously, like, that's the goal. But it's so almost paralyzing when you want things in real life and then people, like, weird you out. It's like, I'm not even famous is the annoying part. And, like, it's so weird. I was telling my friend this last night because... We've actually become pretty close, and it's so cute. I went over to my friend's house for pizza. I had, like, a cider. Like, it was cute. Um, And I was telling her that my whole life, I have had such a weird relationship with social media, and it's so annoying because I'm literally not famous, and I have had this awkward, like, ego complex because I've always been in my friend group, in my organization, whatever it is, the person who's most interested in social media pop culture posting about myself whatever and so because of that like I've drawn eyes and attention to myself and it's just so weird that like I can't even count on my hand how many times I've been called to the principal's office kicked out of a leadership organization you know demoted for something because of something I posted um in my life it's so frustrating in my mind and now I'm like living with that hesitation because I'm wanting to like tell my story now I'm getting my confidence back I'm getting my time back like I literally don't care anymore and and I've realized that I'm going to disappoint people in this process 
Um, and by that, I mean people who I've made previous commitments to, who may expect something from me. But this is me moving on. Like, I have not really taken a chance on myself. And this could totally be like, I could, I mean, I'm just like, talking out of my butt right now. But it is possible for me to make it in podcasting, in music, in whatever I want to do if I like put some energy there. But I've been focusing my energy in other places because obviously this isn't making me money yet and I needed to make money. So I needed to put my energy where I was making money, whether that's a part-time job, clients, whatever. And when you stop working for people, it can be hard. And this, nobody in my life has ever like, this is all in my head. Like, this is not real, but this is just like how I feel. It's like, I feel like I'm disappointing people, but I'm actually like not because I could, like, literally become a billionaire because I'm hilarious. And the thing about life is, like, you can't be funny anymore, you know? Okay, so let's get into the episode. Um, my lesson of the week is I'm not perfect, but I'm good. Um, so this lesson is about kind of disappointing myself. And by disappointing myself, I mean I feel like in my past I've really, really lived in shame like made it a personality trait to the point of like I don't know like I just I feel like I was taught to go back through my life and pick apart myself there was this program in my old church called recovery where essentially you had it was like AA like you had a um person like a mentor whatever they're called and um or like I don't know what they're called I don't know because I'm like not an alcoholic but it's like the person where they like guide you and essentially the goal of this recovery was like you go so far back and so far even if it's like that day where you like list every single sin you've ever done or and basically like the underlying tone of it is like to purify yourself like you know what I'm saying it's like you are not worthy of being a member of the church or Christian enough unless you're a part of this program and I remember I was I felt I got weird vibes from it because I was like ain't no way in hell I'm gonna show up here every single week and like there's no reason why my sin from third grade is relevant to my future and my career at this church you know it just it is something about this is a little bit atheist you know something about this is a little bit like not right (laughs) it was just like I and I would speak up like people would be like why aren't you in this like literally everybody was in it and I was so involved in the church like I would volunteer I would show up I would troll like I was in all the girls groups I was in everything right and I wasn't in this program and everybody like would judge me because I wasn't in this program and every time somebody asked me I'd just be like it's atheist and obviously that's immature and obviously like there was goodness that came out of it but I just felt in my heart, like, it's almost like every single church you go to, they think you're, like, dirtier than them because you're new to the church. Does that make sense? It's like, if I moved to a new church, like, they would be like, oh, you're not Christian yet, so, like, let's convert you. Like, I don't think people realize that, like, you can have, like, a life before you meet them, you know? So, the vibe with this lesson is like that was my past that was my 
um, sponge era, if you will, where I was absorbing all this information, thinking and questioning, being like, there's no way this is right. Like, there's something up about it, you know? So I am now going to a completely different church surrounded by people, but I'm very isolated throughout my week, I would add. And I'm, I don't really guilt myself or shame myself if I don't read my Bible. Like I'm in a constant prayer all day, right? Like I'm obsessed with like, talking to God, but obviously I'm not perfect. Like I literally like worry things on my own when I could literally just like give them up to God like four times a day, you know? Like I, I don't know. I just feel as if I've healed a lot from that trauma though, because I'm surrounded by people who encourage you to not live in your past shame, not live in your past sins. You know, the Bible calls us to confess, duh, but it's like in good measure. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you don't have to tell the world your sins just to like have a good name. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's all about like character, your heart. It's like Jesus knows your heart. And that's like the biggest thing for me. And that's been the biggest thing my whole life is like, I've worked it out with God. I've confessed it with God. I think but what my interpretation, and this is like not from anything anybody's ever told me. This is just like how I'm practicing it right now is like when I open my eyes in the morning and I take a breath and I realize that I'm alive. Yeah, I go my phone. But before I go my phone, like my brain thinks this because I'm a like Christian. It thinks like, oh my goodness, I can't believe God woke me up today. Thank goodness. And I don't understand because like I'm humbled by the fact that I'm awake because I literally am an idiot. Like I know that I choose myself before I choose God. I know that I'm terrible with my money. I know that I should be doing so many other things. I know since and since and since and since whatever. But I'm like, God woke me up. So I'm not going to sit in that. I'm literally going to like, get excited and be filled with joy and make the deliberate conscious choice to choose the future and to choose God because I'm like literally awake, you know? So with that being said, my lesson of the week is um, I'm excited for this year because last year was super healing and I feel like I'm finding like this new balance of um, I don't want to say accuracy because that sounds so religious and so harsh because I don't really think there's like a my way or the highway sort of thing. But I do think that there's like the way, the truth, and the life of God. And like, I don't think there's a right way to like practice that if it makes sense. But I do think like he's the right answer for everything. So I guess my following point to this lesson would be like this year, I'm going to really lean into learning with a new mind, if that makes sense. Like learning from a place of not being self-deprecating, but being like good, if that makes sense. I don't know. I'm just like rambling. So let's get into the next one. A little bit like lighter. What I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for um, my friend Taylor. We had pizza last night. We went to a coffee shop this morning. It was so cute. And then I'm also grateful for my family, like, being alive. My dad is literally going to die, I feel like, because he has, like, skin cancer on his head. And he also, like, just doesn't take care of himself. Let's just, like, pray for him. But I just feel like he's going to die. So everybody pray for him. He's, like, alive. 
um all my family's alive which is like good um and then i'm thankful for just like my life and the fact that like even though i'm an idiot like i literally just bought like 50 bucks worth of groceries of like salmon and chicken and i like didn't have to check my bank account for the first time in my life and that was like i just like don't know how to act with that kind of like um liberty almost but I do feel as if, and I kind of mentioned this in the last episode, that that comes with like an extra layer of responsibility. Okay, favorite pop star of the week. My favorite pop star this week is Gracie Abrams. She is literally so good. And I will be honest, when I first listened to her, um, this is what it feels like album, I wasn't impressed. And usually this is how I am when I listen to music at first, especially like a body of work that's like digesting a lot of music at once, a record, if you will. I remember I was in my room, like playing it on my iPhone speakers, just like listening when it released because I'm a fan and I wanted to listen as soon as it came out. I wasn't impressed. Um, However, like I recognized the song All Right from like Paradise and I just like couldn't figure out like who sang that uh it was like jeremiah and then it reminded me of high school when i would sing planes to like impress my boyfriend and always say the bad words like who was i i don't know but um i was just curious about the hype behind this new piece because i hate that i say this in every episode but i am an early adopter i am and i remember it was like two years ago and i was driving when i lived in somerville i would drive this was like during covid so this was like 2020 so like a year ago um her minor album or ep or whatever came out and i would drive from somerville south carolina to greenville south carolina to stay honestly core memories this is so fun too i would stay at um my friend grace's house which i wonder how she is i think she lives in nashville now with my friend Anna, who, like, is living by coastal between, like, Clemson, South Carolina and, like, Seattle, which I can't handle. Um, okay, like, let's, like, just do a story time because you need the full context um, of this. And this does have to do with Gracie Abrams, but this is, like, the format and this is, like, the fun behind it. So, um, I, there is a band in my high school called Box Fan. And I had a friend, so I was groomed in high school, kind of, because my best friend was a senior and I was a freshman. And that's, like, that's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> if you think about it, like, I was in such a different place than she was, like, you know, just sexually, socially, dynamically, like, you're just in a different place, like, a freshman or maybe it was, like, like we were three years apart. Like, I was a freshman and she was a junior. Also, I hope she's doing well. But, like, it was ride or die. And her name was Carly, too. So, everybody, but with a K, K-A-R-L-I. So, it was just, like, a weird dynamic because I was young. Like, I didn't know. She took me to my first party. Like, she met, I got to meet all the cool seniors because she was friends with them. Like, very much, like, she, like, pulled me out of my youth and into like high school life, I guess. <laughs> and so there was this band called Box Fan that she was friends with. And half the people were in my choir, half the people were just like cool. And there was only one band in my high school, Box Fan. And I still talk to everybody from this band to this day. Like, honestly, when I reflect on it, like these guys are probably like, 
I will probably stay in touch with them until I die. I honestly need to reach out to them anyways. Um, cause it's been like a little bit, it's been a few months, <sighs> but this band box fan was, the girls were like, l- like, l- like loving it. Like they would play live sets every weekend. It was like a thing. I still have the t-shirt, whatever. But, um, the one guy, Trent played pedestal guitar um, and dated Grace, who is one of my good friends, and so, anyways, back to the college life, so, that's, like, context, so, they lived in Greenville during COVID, um, Trent and Grace, so, it was a weird point, you know, friendship-wise, and I was just, like, looking for new friends, and Grace and I had recently reconnected over, like, text, and she would invite me to stay the weekend in Greenville at her, um, house, because Boxfan was playing live and it kind of evolved into Trent's like new band called Gilbert Neurosis and the music is so good you should totally check it out like there's this one song called Strung on Spotify so good I don't know what I would do if I'm strung out over you so good um definitely check it out um but I would go there and stay the weekend. Weird vibes. Like, honestly, like, um, not their fault. Just, like, we would, like, it was, like, weird. Like, we would, like, party, like, all night. I don't know. It was weird. So, but it was fun. I was young, you know. And, um, anyways, I would listen to Gracie Abrams' friend on the way there, like, over and over again. And became obsessed with just, like, the way she wrote music. And, um... I didn't really know a lot about her as an artist. Well, you know, I listened to the album because I was a fan and I wasn't impressed. Recently, when I went to New York, I played the album. It was like one of the very few. I had Coldplay, Viva La Vida downloaded, which is so random. I had Gracie Abrams, This Is What It Feels Like, and Love No Upper Room, that album. So I had my range and um, I listened to that album probably like five or six times on the plane, like in full. And while I was in New York, through my Air Max headphones, which that's what I'm grateful for. And the album is, she's so good. She's so good. We don't need to talk about nepotism here. I want her in the podcast. I think she is the best artist ever this week, at least. I love her songwriting. I love her music. I love her. She's the best pop star of the week. I feel like that's a good segment. Okay, next. What I learned about Jesus this week. So recently I listened to a podcast and I don't know because they mentioned something that I have never read in the Bible in my life. And let me know if this is like true or not. I think it's true because I believe what these people said. But they said um, that when Jesus died on the cross, he descended into hell which is like essentially outside of time and space and forgave people or like gave people the option to like get out of hell essentially. And then he like rose from the dead, whatever. Essentially what this means is that Jesus Christ being so good and so Jesus like essentially made it so you don't go to hell and I was taught growing up 
that like every decision you make is either one step closer to heaven or one step closer to hell, which is so fearful and so fear-based because it's like when it even comes to being creative, like songwriting or doing schoolwork or making friends in college or, or, you know, going out one night, whatever it is, like literally nothing even bad, just like any decision you have in the back of your mind that like, is this leading towards heaven or is this leading towards hell? And obviously any person with a brain would not want to choose hell. I mean, I can name people in my life who don't follow Jesus and like jokingly say all the time, like, I'm, I can't wait for hell. Like, I'm literally going to go burn in hell. Like, I'm so excited for hell. Like, I'm going to hell. Like, they just don't believe that they're going to heaven. And I'll sit there and give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, you're literally going to heaven. I remember, this is, like, why I don't think I should be a preacher yet. I'm going to, like, learn the Bible and, like, become a theologian. Like, just wait. Um, it's, like, one of my goals. Like, probably after next year. And um, I remember after church, this girl was like, I just became a Christian. Like, what do I do? And I was like, girl, I do not know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was like, did you ask Jesus into your heart? And she was like, uh, yeah. And I was like, you're fine. Like, I'll like literally see you in heaven. Like, there's, you don't need to like do anything else. Which I guess like on paper, like you're technically supposed to like, I don't know, like believe that Jesus exists. Which for me, like, this is what I'm confused about. Like, what is the gospel? Because... That blurs it for me because I was taught growing up that if you don't believe in Jesus and that he rose from the dead and check mark, check mark, check mark, and if you believe all of that is true, then you go to heaven. If you don't believe that's true, then you go to hell. So I've been racking my brain thinking like growing up, I believe it, I believe it, but then you say you believe it. But it's, like, I always, like, before I went to bed, like, tried to, like, imagine, like, do I actually believe this? Like, do I actually believe that Jesus rose from the dead? You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, like, I do. Like, and let me break it down for you. It's very, very hard for me to, like, imagine somebody, like, rising from the dead. You know? However... I have experienced, like, a 4D partnership with Jesus that I am so thankful for that I know a lot of people don't get. And, like, a lot of people have, like, these turning points and they have, like, these testimonies, whatever. And because I grew up in the church and because I grew up with Jesus being talked about, like, it's always been, like, something that I feel like, I like, and because I've been, like, prayed over as a child, like, I just feel like that almost like I don't know like that like worked <laughs> you know like there's really nothing like I like in my head like there's nothing I can do to go to hell and that's not really humble like that I don't think it's a mindset to have anyways back to what I'm saying like I guess what I'm trying to say is like I think that I have seen witnessed believe in supernatural things that are Honestly, way more impressive than rising from the dead. Like, and in my mind, I'm like, if God can do this, Jesus rising from the dead, like, yeah, like, I don't know how it worked. Like, I don't understand, but I feel like that's the least thing, like, that's the least God can do. 
Does that make sense? Like, I'm just like, that's literally like the least God can do is like rise from the dead. That's like easy. So that's like how I believe it. Um, so I'm like going to heaven. I'll see you there. But I just don't understand. I guess the whole thing that I listened to today in the podcast about because um, I've never heard that in my life. About, like, Jesus going to hell and, like, freeing people. I mean, he worded it so much more wise. So, he worded it... I don't know how to say that. He worded it much... He framed his sentence wiser than I could have said it. But, yeah. I just think I'm too uneducated to make a proper summary of that biblical experience i'll have to read literally the gospels but i believe it because i trust him would love to talk to him about it but i just don't get like i don't think god would send people to hell but i do think he's just if that makes sense like i think that life on earth without god is hell does that make sense and not in a sense of like you don't i think what I believe in is, like, every day you have a choice. Like, I don't think it's, like, it's like right or wrong. Like, when you're 12 years old, you become Christian. Then for the rest of your life, you're Christian. And it's a breeze. I don't think that's true. I think every day you have to decide to be a Christian or not. Does that make sense? Like, I think every single moment, every single decision, you have a choice. And it's not heaven or hell. I think every single day you have a choice to choose life or death. Does that make sense? And... To me, death is hell on earth as a metaphor. I don't know the reality behind it. But to me, as somebody who tries to choose God every day, don't do it, but I try. Like, to me, when you say, I don't need God, I'm going to figure this out on my own. When you say that, it's just more complicated. Like, honestly, God is like the easy way out. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just like you have peace, you have joy, you have you have life. You, it's like why wouldn't you choose that? Like when you choose yourself or you know whatever and not trusting God and you just like take this for yourself, then it's just like why? Like you're just making life harder. Just like grow up, you know? But I don't know. I feel really empathetic with people who don't really have a um good foundation you know because I feel like it's so easy to waver and that's something I'm so thankful for because I'm so stubborn and I literally have pushed so many people away because I can be so harsh with my tongue I can be so mean I can be so evil I can be so vicious I can be so isolating I can be so destructive and that's not great it's really not and I need to work on it because kindness is good it's like I'm literally choosing death but I do think that you know in life I've done a pretty good job at not wavering my faith and I feel like it's paid off a lot and I think I really regret being judgy when I was younger and by younger I mean like a month ago um of people who may choose to practice a life with God differently than I have. But I think the past 
year has really like made that not even something that I care about. <laughs> like, why do I care about? I literally could not care less what anybody else does. And I think it's because I'm just so worried about myself. And yeah, anyways, um, product of the week. I went to go get a facial, okay? I'd hate a skincare. First of all, the only reason I want to be an influencer is so I can have a partnership with them and not pay for facials because it's changing my life. Um, if you don't know, I have really bad acne. And it sucks because I'm gorgeous. I have the best bone structure you've ever seen in your life. And it's just really annoying because God has humbled me with like mountains on my face. And I have been through it all. I've tried every product, tried every diet. And I recently started taking ashwagandha and all these like magnesium, like all these hormone balancing adaptogens and supplements. And it's helped so much, not only with my skin, but with my um, just overall mood. Like I feel less strung out. I feel calm. And I, I literally feel so calm. And it's not like, I don't know. It's not like trims. It's just like supplements. So LA, right? Anyways, she also told me to, she said my adrenal glands were um, drained. Which makes sense because in grad school, I would drink like two Celsius's in a day. Have two cups of coffee and like then an iced coffee. So it makes sense why my adrenal glands would be a little bit drained, you know? So, um... That and my mom is going to like shit her pants because I always refused. And, and also like I ate, I eat super clean. Okay. Like yeah, I'll have like a piece of pizza every now and then like I'll live a little. Right. But I really eat like health crazy. Um, anyways, my mom, when I was younger to boost my immune, immune system would always make me put a like little drop of colloidal like colloidal silver under my tongue before school or before college whenever I was at her house like visiting she'd just be like let me put this under your tongue she's so into like the homeo or holistic whatever like vibes she loves oils supplements you name it that's her vibe I feel like a lot of moms are like that <laughs> and um I got this face wash and it was very expensive it was like 68 dollars or something but I mean i wear makeup every day I'm so tired of like only feeling confident with foundation I've tried every diet like I said every skincare like I was just done and she was like if you take hormones not hormones <laughs> but if you eat clean do this that and the other and use this face wash like you'll have clear skin and I can confidently say it's been about two weeks since I've used the $68 face wash and it's going to last me like four months. So I'm just like, whatever. It's like worth it. And my skin has completely cleared. And I'm, it's the week before my period. So my boobs are sore. Like I'm getting acne a little bit just because that's how it happens naturally. Um, and I'm not breaking out nearly as bad. No hormonal acne. No, just a little bit of a breakout every now and then. And then also... Um, 
I don't know. I just think that's really interesting. It's just for me, like, I have really bad acne scars because I've had acne for so long that it's like I could have zero active pimples and still look like I have acne on my face. Like, I have, like, an acne contour, and it's, like, a huge insecurity for me sometimes. But honestly, at this point in my life, I really don't care. It's like I'm 22. Like, I'm young. I'm fresh. Like, and that's something I want to work on, right, is, like, appearance. (laughs) Because... I'll be the first one to say it. Like, you don't have to tell me. I know that I'm not the most hygienic, prissy girl. Right. And I've convinced myself, and I really do blame Satan, that I'm like this mask, lesbian-esque person who just doesn't care about hygiene and anything, and I'm just a slob, and I hate myself, and whatever. I'll be the first one to admit it. However, as a child of God, there is no way I'm meant to be unhygienic. Like, it's honestly, like, when I look at guys who I think are attractive, like, that's the first thing that I care about. Like, I honestly, how you present yourself and, like, keep your fingernails and dress a little bit matters, but we can change it. We can fix it. Um... It's really hygiene, right? So it's like, if I want that in a man, I'd go to... I need to get that in myself. So I went to Sephora today and like got a bunch of stuff for my hygiene because I feel like just taking care of myself really helps. And also my boss is in from New York. Um, She is in the office this week. So I will be dressing to the nines every day, going to the office in real life. It just, it's so frustrating like doing work from home because it's like it's stupid to not wear sweatpants when you're sitting in a chair for 12 hours so I don't know like it's like why would I wear half an outfit like it's either like completely sweats no makeup or like full glam like there's no in between so I want to start like being hygienic anyways I don't even remember what I was talking about I feel like this is a good podcast episode let me know if it's like not I'm almost done Okay, next is, like, how I'm stepping into crypto. So, I don't really have one this week for this section. But I think because I'm so scared of it is why I need to really educate myself about crypto. If you, in your mind, have the perception that crypto is not for you, then that is the problem that this section of my podcast is going to... Um, dilute. I don't know what that word means. Um, this part of my, like, we're making it a part of your world. Because if me, a 22-year-old girl who knows nothing about anything, can educate myself about an opportunity, so can you. And we're going to put it in plain man's terms. You know, I did listen to somebody say that the reason that it's so foreign is because the language around it isn't digestible. Like the language around crypto and web three and NFTs and open seas and all the stuff (laughs) is so foreign because people are talking about it in a way that's foreign. Like when you send a text message, you're not like, I'm going to send you whatever. Or when you send locations, you're not like, oh, let me just go into, like, my Apple Maps and, like, click on share and then send you my location um, to your text message. Like, you just say, oh, I'll send you a pin. Does that make sense? Like, what I'm trying to say is, like, 
we don't really have street slang for it yet, so it sounds so foreign. Um, anyways, I think if you're a graphic designer or a photographer, naturally, you should be making NFTs. Now, this is what they don't tell you. They make it sound like it's so easy to do an NFT, and it's possible, and it is, and it is, like, democratic. But I read online that, like, it's actually, like, deeper than that. I think it's, like, Ethereum or something is, like, the thing that you would translate your, like, regular money into. I'm, like, talking out of my butt right now. I don't know what I'm talking about. But listen, like, that's, like, what you, like, translate your money to when you get a wallet for NFTs. Like, if you wanted to purchase one or sell one or whatever. But I think you have to, like, put in money to sell an NFT. Like, I think you have to, like, just, like, be a part of that universe before. So, it's, like, you can't just, like, be rich, like, get rich by, like, selling an NFT. Like, I think you have to have money set aside to, like, enter into the world. That's what I learned this week. If you guys have questions, I'll, like, actually research it. I think there's, like, this group on Twitter called Web3 Baddies (laughs) where they, like, give baddies, like, a crash course on Web3. So, my friend, Delena does, like, she buys NFTs on OpenSea, which is just a website where you can do that, and she just has, like, money sitting in there, and is, like, waiting for, like, them to increase in value, if that makes sense. So, then she could, like, sell her NFTs that she purchased. That's what I think is happening, but I don't understand But from a um, zoomed out perspective, I don't know what, I literally just don't know what I talked, like, just talked about. None of that was real. It could be all made up. Also, um, when it comes to, like, just, like, climate of the world, I think it's so interesting how our generation, like, Gen Z, like, tried a little bit with investing in the stock market, but I think this is going to be like the next big thing because I've had stocks before and I've like put in money and I've taken some out, but doesn't it feel just like super millennial? And I do think the idea of like doing something with your money and not like just saving is really like important and valuable. And it's something I want to like learn about. But I also like, I don't think I'm ever going to like, like I don't have any stocks right now. Obviously I was like has $0 like for the past like year. <laughs> um, my friend Alyssa though, like she is a stock queen, but she's also like literally 30. So I just think that like investing in the stock market is so white men millennial and like, yeah, people can do it. Like, yeah, there's young people doing it, whatever. But it just, that honestly sounds more foreign to me than learning I don't know anything, but learning about NFTs and how I can, like, have a crypto wallet and, like, I don't know. That seems like a game, yeah. And I had a friend say that to me yesterday where she was like, it feels like a game. Like, it doesn't feel real. Have you seen Black Mirror? Our future is a game. We're basically playing a game with social media. Influencers are basically playing a game. Um they're playing dress up and getting paid for it and they should (laughs) you know what I'm saying it's like I we're playing a game by creating an app we're playing a game by you know creating a insurance policy we're playing a game by creating a church honestly like nothing is real 
if you want to think about it that way. So crypto is real. It has value, even though we don't understand it yet. And, or I don't understand it yet. You might. But I think I want to have somebody on the podcast that can like dumb this down for me. These sections are a lot. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) This is a long podcast. Okay, next. What you should know. Let's talk about Kanye and Kim from like a non-biased standpoint. So I'm going to call this episode like, are we, does hell, like does God send people to hell and Kanye and Kim gossip? (laughs) But from like a, not like judging them individually off their character. I feel like it's important to talk about like pop culture in terms of like, how did the public respond to it? Like, how is the public opinion around this really public issue? And like, why is it like that? And how can we correctly respond to it? as you know people who aren't like just in it for the gossip so Kanye and Kim obviously have been bickering back and forth forth on social media and there's like this whole news cycle about like who's North gonna choose like I feel like North's gonna be affected in this way um she can read all the thing about like North's TikTok and like the permissions whatever and I think first of all the Kardashians' relevancy is not a problem to me. I have never been a snood about the Kardashians. I have only been an admirer. I think they are literally Christian and they're literally powerful and they just know how to make money and they know how to do it well. And I think they're probably so detached from the characters they play if that makes sense like I think they're just like fun people have I ever met them no but um anyways that being said I think whenever the Kardashians are in the news a lot of people in the public respond like why do we still care about these people blah 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 blah. like why is this news why is this news well by giving that attention you're only adding to the noise and I think In response to Kanye's state, why do we diminish? It's the whole question, can you separate the art from the artist? Why do we, like, question and worship, like, artists based off, like, their behavior in their personal lives? Does that make sense? It, like, doesn't add up to me. And maybe going back to the beginning of the episode, like, this is why, like, creator economy is the future and make maybe your moral decisions do matter when it comes to your art maybe like you can't separate the artist from the art um but I just think it's really interesting when it comes to anything in life like Kanye versus Kim on social media should not hold any more weight than any other news story and I think my two cents on the situation is that I don't know. Like, I just think, like, it's so interesting how much... Oh, my goodness. My laptop literally stopped recording my whole Kanye and Kim conversation. It honestly was not important anyways. So we're just going to skip past that. But I'm going to use that segment to, like, do the news. Next is networking tip of the week. This tip is about reaching out twice. Um, I have heard so often in my life, like, don't send a cold DM. Or if you do, you only have one shot or... Um, you only have one 
like spot for like social capital, blah, 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 blah. Absolutely not. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the world is like before me, but I'm a disruptor. If I want you to be in my life, I'm going to email you 17 times. And obviously not in an intrusive, annoying way, but I think it's really important. For example, I'll give an example. So there's this brand OGBFF, and I can speak about this because it's for my personal brand growth, not for anything else. And of course I'm obsessed with them. Like they're, they have that shirt that's like Jesus saves I spend. They have another shirt that said this is your sign from God that I'm hot. So it's obviously like a Christian brand. And I reached out to them and I was like, I don't, I know you guys are in LA and we just, I don't know how I can get involved, but I want involved. Like, I don't know how, but I'll get involved. Like come on your podcast. Like if you can come on my podcast, do whatever. So I just like sent them an original cold DM. They responded and they're like, yeah, sure. Whatever, whatever. And then they got super busy and I'm also nobody compared to them. So why would they respond? Right? Well, um, Days go on, whatever, and I followed up this week over DM and email, and I said, hey, like, my name's Carly, I would really love to just, like, have you on my podcast, I really admire, like, your brand, and I think um, your story is really powerful for, like, women and whatever, and they were like, oh, yeah, totally, we would love to do that, send us an email to this email address, and we'll get back to you this week. Obviously, I don't know how it's going to go, we'll see if they come on or not, I don't know the truth. But moral of the story is, like, they left me on red, and then I followed up and got a response. Because working from the other side of doing people's emails and whatever, like, the volume of requests and collaborations, whatever, and also, like, the um, amount of BS inquiries that these people get are, is so much. So it's just, like, you have to be really intentional with your pitch. And also, I would add on to this, and this is kind of another tip, but don't think you're too small to get somebody's story. For me, podcast interviews, I, th- I think back to my research, though, in college, and I think when you kind of take the approach of, like, younger intern trying to learn, it's honestly more to your benefit of getting, like, a bigger person in your network. So for me, in my podcast pitches, what I do is say the truth. Like I say, I'm very honest. Like I'm just starting out. I literally have 30 listeners, but I want to grow my podcast. And I think this partnership would be incredible because I know how to talk to somebody who has a story like you. I want to learn from you. I respect you. I admire you. Whatever the truth is about the person. And um, that works so much better than bullshitting and being like, my, I have 500 listeners and I think that you would love to talk to them because yeah, people love to talk about themselves, but I think when you take the approach of like, I want to learn from you rather than I want you to just come on for the hell of it, then it works better because not, they don't really take pity on you, but they're just like, Oh, this person, they're not huge. Like I'm not going to get any like sales or press from them. Like I don't get anything out of it. It's a favor. But I'm also, like, helping somebody, which people like to do. Um, so always reach out to people, even if you think they're too big for you. Now, I do think there's people who are, like, way too big. And those people often have, like, agents or they're too A-list. Like, I would never email Miley Cyrus and say, can you come on my podcast? <laughs> when I have literally 30 listeners. Like, that doesn't make any sense, you know? 
However, I would email like an influencer with a hundred thousand followers and say, Hey, like, first of all, I've worked with this, this, this person in your industry. Um, I have been watching your stuff for years and I really, really want you to come on my podcast for the following reasons. And I respect you. I admire you. Like just the truth. Like, and I think honesty always wins. So those are my networking tips of the week because we all know I'm good at that for some reason. And after this is like a movie, this is like a three hour podcast. I'm getting hungry. Last but not least, life in LA. I think that, first of all, I can't believe that I've been in my room, my studio apartment for over a year. I've literally lived here for almost a year and a half at this point, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, I actually requested today to move, but I didn't fill out the paperwork because that means I would have to be out by March 7th and find a place by March 7th and, excuse me. I don't think I can afford that because moving's expensive only because you have to pay like the first month's rent and the um, security deposit. And so I don't even know if I could afford that. I mean, I probably could if I didn't pay March 1st rent, but I'm just trying to like figure it out because living alone in LA is expensive and I literally, I know I could get a deal. Like I found this place that was like a one bedroom. It was super big. It was super nice for like like I know I could figure that out yeah I know that's like literally a house payment I know but I I don't know a part of me just like doesn't want to rush it and like the only reason I would want to move is so I could have like a space to host people and now that I'm thinking about it like I just am outgrowing outgrowing the space like it's a little it's a little musty in here but it's also fine and it's in a good loco and it's walkable and like it's close to my church and like it's only I literally only pay like $1,200 which I know that's a lot for a literal room but I just for living alone in Hollywood $1,200 for a studio is like a steal and so for me I'm like I'd rather like live here three or four more months, save up as much money as possible. I'm like, who knows? Maybe I would travel for a few months. Maybe I would, whatever. The options are limitless. Maybe I would move to New York for the summer and then get my lease in LA for 12 months. I don't know, but I do know that I'm planting roots in LA. My relationships are deepening. And I actually got coffee with a friend, a new friend, Avery, for the first time. And she was telling me, and like, this group of girls, like, if you're listening to this, let me know, probably not, but, like, they, just from afar, like, I honestly know nothing about them, but from afar, you can tell that they have, like, the most tight-knit relationships, like, they are so close, so beautiful, right, and she was telling me, like, when I wanted deep friendships, that's what I prayed for, she was, like, I literally prayed for deep friendships, and she was, like, I feel like God really delivered on that, and I was, like, uh yeah that's beautiful and I I was saying to myself like I don't think I've ever prayed I've lusted and whatnot that's a bad word but like I've yearned for that but have I ever prayed for that have I ever prayed for deep female friendships with girls that I can trust and also let me pitch it let me pitch a concept to you I think people are lesbian because they don't have girlfriends like I literally think who is texting like that 
I literally think people are lesbian because they don't have like an intimacy with a good group of girls and so they like find it in their partner and I think it's the same way with like men because I think there's like a level of like brotherhood and like girlhood that like people just forget but to each their own whatever but that's just my opinion okay bye have a good week